Welcome to the Olefins Weekly Wrap-Up. Today is Friday, September 15th, and I'm your host, Luca Powell. And I'm Pablo Giorgi. And together, as Chemical Market Analytics, we recap the top events moving the ethylene and propylene markets over the past week. The design of this podcast is to complement the content from the North America Light Olefins Weekly Service, otherwise known as the NALO Weekly. So what's going on this week, Pablo? It's been pretty quiet in London this week. I haven't been doing anything other than work this week, with it being the most important week of the the year, the World Chemical Forum. I've definitely missed out by the looks of things. Could you fill me and our listeners in on what we missed? I can try, but you have to come next year. We had a great attendance and all the main market participants were there. I have seen the agenda and there were so many interesting talks and events happening. What would you say the major themes are from the special topic segment? Yeah, sustainability, obviously, is a big theme still in the agenda. Uh, The industry is moving in that direction, lots of interesting initiatives. But as a society, we need to figure out, you know, in what direction we have decarbonization going on, circular economy, all of those important. But in the end, we still need some policy definitions that can drive a lot of the change and also give uh, some direction, some of the uncertainties. So, you know, sustainability is is moving forward, but there's still a lot of unknowns. Um, The other, some of the other uh, things that were very uh, strong and well attended, the Asia, we had an Asia uh, session and not only it was crowded, but really us giving some perspective on what's going on in Asia with demand, with the new plants, the new capacities, uh, who's slowing down, who is running hard. Uh, a lot of people were very interesting. All eyes really were on Asia and what's going on there, ever more important. We had a logistics session, um, especially after we had all those supply chain constraints during uh, the pandemic and also as a result of the demand boom after the pandemic, you know, I think companies started to uh, realize how important it is not only to have a well-functioning supply chain, but also uh, to anticipate the bottlenecks, uh, potential issues, to have a backup plan. And and so that was um, a very interesting session and very well attended as well. And last but not least, something that um, was a little bit new, although we have done it in the past, but certainly with a very different perspective and people loved it. We got a lot of um, very good feedback was a session on on risk management, especially now in such a volatile world. We have volatility and uncertainty regarding uh, feedstocks, energy, um, you know, with energy transition, with uh, a lot of uh, things going on and, and the ge- geopolitics playing not only within the energy with OPEC plus and, and their decisions, but also um, in, in other uh, aspects uh, from armed conflicts to political alignments. And I mean, so all this volatility and, and the necessity to have the flexibility to adapt and and reduce the risks um, in your operations is is really important. And, you know, 
there was it was a very well attended session and very good feedback on that. I can imagine it sounds fascinating. So this was our first conference working with our new partners. What were the main takeaways from Oxford Economics and Reistad? Those are also very, very good um, sessions and, and uh, they spoke mostly at our plenary session the second day where we laid the ground for what we did on the third day, which was you know, a deeper dive into the different um, product chains of, of petrochemicals like olefins and polyolefins, aromatics, chloroalkali, alkali and, and vinyls, etc. Um, and so when we were laying the ground, Oxford Economics talking about the economy was very insightful. And, you know, they talked about everything from GDP growth estimates and forecasts um, to the risks of potential slowdown of the Chinese economy and what the impact is in terms of the change of demographics in, in, in China versus what's going on in India versus what's going on in the developed world, in other countries how that's affecting GDP in the short, medium and long term. Um, so very, very interesting. Also something that people um, were very interested in and some interesting insights on what people are calling the decoupling of the Chinese and US economies. I, I think they uh, downplayed it a, a little bit. Um, there's no way we're going to have complete decoupling, but they brought an interesting perspective, which is we're going to see much more of a focused decoupling in some areas and how that might um, affect uh, economic growth. Uh, for example, technology, technology de development, um, et cetera. You know, the decoupling there is real. It's happening and it's um, happening fast. Com countries all over the world, not only the U.S., want to have their own um development of, of of new technologies from ai to chip manufacturing etc so it, that aspect and how that's going to affect trade and, and and economic growth was something was an interesting was an interesting perspective from rice energy it was another very interesting presentation we you know they talked obviously about energy crude oil natural gas feedstocks and and the the perspectives for that but they brought a very interesting approach looking at different scenarios uh, for the energy transition what do they mean you know in terms of the impacts for the industry but also for the energy industry and for society as a whole um, are we going to meet the goals for temperature increase um, that we have you know are we going to have 1.5 degrees Celsius since before the Industrial Revolution to the year um, 2100? Or are we going to have 1.6, 1.8, 2.1, And, you know, in each one of those scenarios, what is the impact um, that we're going to have on energy efficiency, on production of crude and gas? I mean, really rich presentation, giving a lot of insight on all the moving parts and how they interact. And I think that's very different. You know, typically you have one base case scenario and, uh, you know, a, a, a bullish scenario, a bearish scenario, and that's it. And in this case, no, it's really 
different scenarios with different perspectives because of different assumptions and what are the impacts on all of these factors. Very, very interesting. Super interesting. And what about the chemical markets generally? What would you say are the major stories from this year? Well, the, the chemical markets are going through a trough and, you know, people and the different companies, different um, attendees want to know, you know, to what extent are we going through a trough? How long is it going to last? We have a lot of overcapacity, especially due to the new plants that are being built and, and, and starting up in Asia, mostly in uh, China and and the lagging demand we've we've had uh, we have very good very good year in general in 2021 um, for the industry um, as there was a boom of demand after COVID but uh, last year demand growth was not good this year we are also seeing um, some some you know a lot a lot of uh, bearish sentiment in terms of demand growth. And and you know how is that going to evolve, and and what are the impacts, and how can we get out of of that uh, of the trough, you know? And um, are we gonna have rationalization? How much? Where? Um, are we gonna have an unexpected boom in demand? How can that happen? Is that gonna happen? Um, you know, or, or or how how are companies going to deal? with the low margins over the next few years uh maybe we can have a little bit of everything uh, at the same time um you know rationalization plus um growth in demand that is unexpected here or there what are the, the sectors that where we can have uh, different dynamics um so very interesting discussions and and i think very valuable for those that attended to understand the best strategy going through the trough and this is also our first conference under the Dow Jones umbrella. How is it working with our colleagues from Barron's and the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, that, that was a very pleasant surprise. I think both, um, I mean, myself, the rest of the team running the conference, but also the feedback we got from, from our clients, from the attendees, is that the speakers from the Dow Jones family were great. I mean, even better than expected. We had economists, specialists in energy, the chemical sectors, the right at Barron's and the Journal, and brought unique and very interesting analysis of our industry. I think you know it's it's uh, it's different from the typical speakers you have at, at the conference. They were both very eloquent because you know they work in media, so I guess that was kind of expected, but giving some very interesting perspectives and and I think that brought a lot to the discussion. Um, it was great. I really look looking forward to their participation next year as well. Well, it sounds like it was a fantastic event and I definitely missed out, so I'll have to be there next year. And with that, let's wrap up the wrap up. Save the date to join us next year at the World Chemical Forum in Houston from September 9 to 11. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And give us a like or leave a review if you enjoy it. And if you have questions or want us to cover something more specific, you can send us an email. Until next time. <laughs>